Hello and welcome to the Daily Sports Buzz. I'm Toby Howan. Over the next 10 minutes, we're going to delve into some great stories surrounding Dorset as well as keeping you updated on your sports news. Starting us off today, we've got a great piece. The success of the Lionesses in football has inspired so many. So in what other sports can this be replicated? Well, James Guy caught up with Jamie Shanks to discuss the new Bournemouth Women's Rugby Camp, which engages with girls aged nine and over, including women of all abilities. So Jamie hosted the first Allianz Inner Warrior Women's Rugby training session last night. So could you just tell me how that went for you? Uh, well, it, honestly, uh, woken up this morning, absolutely buzzing. Uh, we had over 20 uh, ladies, uh, different age groups. The team at Bournemouth Rugby are just, you know, like I say, absolutely buzzing about the prospects. Uh, we got involved with the Alliance in a Warrior uh, because obviously we're, we're looking to promote ladies rugby across the whole of Dorset and generally across the UK uh, and just have some fun and think about fitness in a slightly different way. Um, it's just a great way in terms of community to bring some like-minded ladies together to have a bit of a laugh for an hour and a half. And last night was, you know, even though it was minus two at one point, uh, that's what the inner warrior was uh, obviously saying to us. So uh, yeah, very, very pleased. Brilliant. So what would you say to someone that's thinking about maybe joining in on these sessions and how could they go about doing that if they're from the local area? First thing that people always say, okay, is am I going to get hurt? And the answer is definitely not. Um, so we have lots of different grades of of, um, of rugby. You know, we've got touch rugby. You don't have to suddenly get uh, demolished in a tackle because that's not how we work. Uh, so, yeah, all you need to do is literally turn up at uh, Chapel Gate uh, to Bournemouth Rugby Club um, next Monday, 7 o'clock till 8.30. It's a lot of fun. Uh, there's a lot of camaraderie. And that's what the great part of this sport is, is exactly that. And people to coming together and having a bit of fun and fitness. So what are Bournemouth Rugby Club's plans in the future then to sort of facilitate more women's rugby? So obviously we've got a connection with Bath Academy, but at this present time, we are looking to build a ladies squad, but also uh, build a youth and mini squad. You know, really from Bournemouth Rugby Club, our heart is about inclusivity as much as anything and and finding, you know, finding people that want to try something new. A great insight there. If you're interested by what you've heard, you can contact the team via the email innerwarrior at rfu.com or contact the team via DM on Facebook if you want to sign up for a session. Now, darts has been a hot topic of late and we've been lucky to grab a quick chat with Dorset player Robbie Martin. Elliot Murray was on this one. Could you give us a bit of an insight into how local darts works, local clubs and things like that? I mean, there is so much darts around. Obviously, living in Weymouth, it's just, it's massive. You can play darts seven nights a week. Monday nights, the local leagues and Ringwood leagues, Furwood leagues, Ferndown at the time. Wimborne is probably the best league within the area. You can go into any pub and you can guarantee that there's always somebody practicing, somebody wanting to play, somebody out waiting to go to darts that evening. And then obviously you've got the Super Leagues and all that sort of stuff that's your entry into the county. Would you say the, the level of local competition is is quite competitive? Though? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say at least 80% of the uh, the teams um, within the local league has got a county player or a Super League player, if not more. Absolutely brilliant players. And it's not just like sort of my age as well. There's so many youngsters that just, they fear nobody and they want to destroy everyone they come across. And nine times out of 10, they do. Is there enough experiences in the Dorset area, perhaps for for more people to to get involved in darts? Yeah, um, I mean the ADC uh, is a is a great way. Um, it, there's a there's a thing on a Monday and a Thursday night down in Dorchester Trinity Club called the Vault. 
um, which is like the the amateur side of uh, of darts. It's such a good experience for it all because it, it gives you an idea of where you are at the time. Even for like the like the the weaker players, if you like, um, there's something for them to aim to. And I have seen people playing in the ADC who used to consistently hit like a 60 to 65 average who are now hitting 75 to 80 averages through playing. Is it all right if you explain just quickly how Q School works? So so basically Q School is uh is the place the PDC run to go and get your tool card. It puts you onto the uh, the pro tour. It's the pinnacle of your dust career. It, it's it opens the doors. Can you just give me your initial thoughts on how you think uh Q School went this year for you? Personally I, I think it went absolutely amazing. It was the first time that I've ever done it. More than most, I just wanted to experience it to know where I was in my dying career and as a potential how I could go forward from that. Um, and and just knowing that I, I held my own against some of the greatest players that were there. The two Q schools together, the Euro one and the UK one, to know that I finished in the top 200 out of 1,000 players. Yeah, it was, a, it was a great achievement for me personally. Now it's time to get you up to date with your news. Here's Will Oakley and Stephen Kadriou. The AFC Bournemouth development squad are away to Follin Sport in the Hampshire Senior Cup quarter-final at the Arrow Arena in Hamble, kicking off at 7.45 tonight. We move on to the first team transfer news, where Joe Rothwell has completed his loan move to Southampton until the end of the season. The 29-year-old is not the only player to part in the Cherries, with forward Hammer Traore also set to leave. The Ivorian undertakes his medical today ahead of a loan move to Napoli until the end of the season, with a €25 million Euro option to buy. Wales and Gloucester winger Louis Reece Samet is leaving the rugby union to join the NFL International Player Pathway. Despite the 22-year-old saying that he isn't necessarily retiring from rugby, it does mean that the player will miss the upcoming Six Nation with Wales, of which he has 32 caps for and will no longer be contracted to Gloucester. Daniele De Rossi has been appointed as a new AS Roma head coach, signing a contract until June 2024 with an option to extend. This comes after Jose Mourinho was sacked earlier, following Sunday's 3-1 defeat to AC Milan, which has left Roma in ninth in the Serie A. The FIFA Best Awards were hosted last night in London. Lionel Messi and Pep Guardiola won FIFA Men's Best Player and Coach of the Year respectively. Spain and Barcelona midfielder Atina Bonmati was named Women's Player of the Year. There were seven English players to make the Women's World Eleven, as well as Lionesses manager Serena Vargman winning the FIFA Best Women's Coach. It has since been announced that she has extended her contract with the team until 2027 after successful campaigns in the recent Euros and World Cup. At the end, of course, we didn't make it, so everyone was really disappointed. The main thing I said, I think that uh, we had an amazing year and that we did really, really well. And that I was very proud of the team and that we keep moving and that we now have to, you know, we have to take that setback. Emma Raducanu has progressed through to the next round of the Australia Open after beating Shelby Rogers in straight sets. This was her first Grand Slam appearance in a year after spending many months out injured. And finally, Everton and Nottingham Forest have both been charged with breaking financial rules by the Premier League. The two clubs could face consequences of financial deductions or point deductions. So you're all up to date with the latest. Just picking up on that last point, though, I'm joined by Taylor Handel in the studio. Taylor, firstly, thank you for joining me. Um, FFP charges in the Premier League seem to be discussed week in, week out currently, with Premier League clubs left in uncertainty. Um, Can you explain quickly what has gone on and catch us up? Hi Toby, sure. Everton and Nottingham Forest have been charged with breaching Premier League profit and sustainability rules. Now these charges refer to campaigns between 2020 and 2023. Both clubs have admitted they've breached the rules but only for last season, so not since 2020. Everton have been sanctioned with the largest points deduction in Premier League history earlier this season. This really damages their chances of survival if they're hit with a similar points deduction, doesn't it Toby? 
Of course. I think it's fair to say since their 10-point deduction, Everton have shown their ability to get back in the survival race. And of course, they've overcome the setback they've faced. But having another points deduction, well, it just seems like it's going to take a lot to do that again. I mean, what do the consequences look like this time from a, from the FFP front? Well, we've seen financial deductions being given to teams who have breached financial fair play and most recently points deductions. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's the same route again with another de points, points deduction to Everton and Forest. OK, interesting. So how do you even breach FFP in the first place, Taylor? Well, you can't lose over £105 million pounds or more over a three-year time gap. Now, we've seen Nottingham Forest are in the hot seat as well when it comes to FFP. They brought in a staggering... 43 new players for a combined total of nearly £300 million over the space of the last three transfer windows um, with the aim of solidifying themselves as a Premier League side following their promotion in 2021. That is a lot of players. I mean, it just shows. I mean, how difficult do you think it is for newly promoted teams to strengthen their squad and also comply with the FFP rules, especially if you are a new team in the Premier League? Well, look, we've seen Luton Town come up this season and they've already had three administrations in, in their history. Um, and yet they're making it work in the Premier League, despite being one of the poorest clubs. They're still, they're still fighting to stay up. Well, both clubs have 14 days to submit formal responses to the FFP complaint. So we'll have to wait and see what happens and we'll bring you up to date when it does happen. Thank you very much for joining me, Taylor, in the studio. Thanks very much, Toby. But that's all for the podcast today. Cheers for tuning in and uh, we'll see you tomorrow.